What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Tuesday Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports. Wacky-ass hijinks and analysis presented by ourselves. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going going very well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah? Work's calmed down a little bit, so uh, that's why I'm here at 5 o'clock. Kind of uh, nice. This is nice. Yes. Roll from one job straight to uh, the leisure activity. Yeah, exactly. So the podcasting is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm doing fine. It's great to see your lovely, smiling, beautiful face. I had nothing for you this week, so I figured I'd turn it around. Oh, on okay. You. Well, there, Put there, the ball in your court. There you have it. Yep. But hey, let's just jump into let's it. Jump then. into no it. No one needs to hear about our bullshit. Our bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's really going on in our lives. Um, Adam, the Braves are hot. So hot right now. Continue to be the best team in all of the National League record-wise and are winners of their last six, uh, coming off a four-game sweep of the Colorado Rockies where they averaged 10 runs a game and just thoroughly dominated them. It was like home run derby. Um, it's like every day we were hitting four or five home runs, it seemed like. Massive contributions. Matt Olson, Michael Harris, Ronald Acuna Jr., the usual suspects, Orlando Arcia. Um just tremendous stuff all around from the Eddie offense. Rosario. Eddie please. Rosario. Sorry, yeah. There's just so many people that did stuff that yeah. you just you might forget somebody. I think the only guy that kind of had a quiet series was Austin Riley. But and Acuna. It's crazy that we scored that many runs and Acuna was relatively quiet. Yeah, Acuna only had two hits uh, throughout the whole um, the whole series, which just goes to show how good the offense is. Also, drew a number of walks. Drew like five walks in four games, which is excellent. So yeah, it wasn't a black hole in the right. lineup. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean. It was crazy how, like, especially Michael Harris, that last game goes like five for five, a home run, three RBIs, something like that. I mean, he, he was just unstoppable, uh, which is great news. We've seen the progression from Mike throughout, you know, this sort of resurgence ever since he got off the injured list. You know, he was going through this tough time, which still wasn't doing very good, still hitting the ball on the ground a lot. Then he started driving the ball a little more, and now it's turned more into power. It's turned more into consistently hitting the ball to all fields, especially hitting the ball to the opposite field. And uh, he just looks dialed in at the plate. And uh, Ozzie Albies also is just – now it's kind of getting scary with him in terms of other teams. He's actually got power from the left side now. And not only is he a menace to left-handed pitching, now he's a true menace to uh, right-handed pitching too. He's, I think he's got three home runs from the right side in the last like week. I mean, he he's absolutely dialed in himself. Well, I love how uh, Snit changed up the lineup, I think, after the Detroit series. Right. And put Ronnie – no, I'm sorry. He put Albies up in the number two spot and dropped Olsen to five. And Olsen's been red hot since that happened yeah. as well. Like he's been – Hit the grand slam the other day. Driving in runs just like crazy. So I think it's a, it's a comfortable spot for him. And, you know, going Harris, Acuna, and then – where you got the switch hitter, Ozzy, I think it gives the lineup a lot more flexibility. Especially when he's actually doing the stuff um, from the left side. Right. You know. Yeah, because, I mean, th- if they bring in someone strictly bringing a righty to face um, Ronnie, they, they got to keep him in. They can't, like, right. you know, with the three batter minimum. So uh, it's it's been good to see. You would have thought that that series was in Colorado with all those runs was a snicker quote, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> just going crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, especially that game on Sunday was just – Colorado's just got – those poor bastards went up like 5 nothing on Morton, 
And then, you know, I went out and ran a couple errands. Next thing I know, we're up 6-5, and we outscored him, what, 14-1 the rest of the way? Yeah. Just Eddie Rosario just looking like Super Rosario out there. Yeah. Yeah, I know he had a huge series. And it just goes to show, I mean, like last week, you know, we were kind of talking, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, we were kind of talking about Rosario. It's just kind of like, eh, you get what you get from him. But he is capable of going on these these insane streaks where he looks like absolutely locked in. And that's one of those, he's one of those players, right, when it comes to like the playoffs, for example, um, where you just get someone that just goes out of their mind, which he did during the 2021 World Series run. But that's why it's great to have a guy like that on the team, even though when he's not always a consistent producer at the plate during the regular season, um, he has that ability to get hot and carry you. Um, and not a lot of people can do that. Even like the more consistent players, sometimes they're not going to go on this just out of out of this world. I'm going to hit 400 in a series kind of uh, kind of deal. And you need that in the playoffs. You need these kind of miracle shake your head. How the fuck did he do that performance? And Eddie Rosario is one of the few guys that's capable of doing that. Well, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that can fall in an O2 hole and like it doesn't affect his at bat at all. Like he just yeah. like he can get to so many pitches outside of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Um and just like that's kind of when he locks in and just battles and yeah. I can't remember if we said this a couple of weeks ago, but he is just one of those guys that has like that clutch gene, which is definitely a thing. Like yeah. like Austin Riley, I don't know if he's got that clutch gene, Graham. Like I I don't I feel like he doesn't always come through in those Obviously not always, but more often than not, you feel better with the game on the line with a Rosario at bat than an Austin Riley. Do you forget the 2021 NLCS Game 1 where Austin Riley drove in the game-winning double down the left field line? Yeah, but I, that's that's one instance. I'm, I'm talking about what I've been seeing recently. Recently, this year. This year. Not two years ago? Yeah, We're no. not talking about two years ago, Adam? No, I'm not. You Damn know, you. I'm living in the present, Graham. See, I'm nostalgic. You should try it sometime. No. <laughs> I need track records to times that were past. That's all I need to present evaluate means somebody. Present to means you. nothing. I have no issue with Austin. No, we talked about Austin Riley's bullshit. Like, it seemed like he was coming out of that kind of funk that's been going on since last August. But, you know, recently it's just it's kind of more of the same. It's like unproductive at bats, strikeouts, um, et cetera, with him. Like, it's just... Um, and we know he has the ability to get locked in because he got locked in for a couple of weeks there, and we've seen him get locked in for a long period of time over the course of the regular season before. So we know he's capable of doing it. It's just like, can he regain that consistency that he's seemingly uh, lost uh, since last August is the question. That is just brutal for him to go over six in a game that we score 14 runs. Yeah. But, yeah, he's going to be fine. We love Austin. Yeah. I mean, I, I he's going to be the next guy we're talking about in a couple weeks. Let us hope. I mean, that's the beauty of this lineup is, yeah, there's some streaky hitters, but like one to nine, there are a lot of really good players. So when someone's down, you're going to have enough people that are up. Yeah. And it seems, that. and it seems like, especially in the month of June, you've had like three or four guys that are just playing out of their minds, like Ozzy, Rosario, and Arcia, and Mike have just been unbelievable in June. So. Um, and obviously Olsen's getting it going ever since he got moved to the fifth spot. So you got like five guys right now that are really locked in, and um, there's not really a weak link in the lineup. I and mean, even when you talk about Austin Riley's, you know, struggles, it's not like he's having the worst uh, May or excuse me June of all time or anything. He's still hitting 250, 
Um, hasn't really been hitting for power at all, 328 slugging, but it's not like he's a total albatross out there. He's not a BJ Upton or anything. No. So, you know, uh, I would, wouldn't be upset if he got moved down the order a little bit um, in favor of, I don't know, Ozuna. I can't I'm saying that. <laughs> what a crazy time we live in, Graham. I know. I don't know if this is to be Ozuna, but I just feel like him hitting third, you're not getting much there. Just like when, you know, when Olsen was hitting second, a lot of the time we weren't getting as much as we wanted from him. And now that Ozzy comes in, and it's just this incredible one-two punch of Acuna and Ozzy, who are both sort of complete package players in the sense that they can hit for power. They can get on, well, Acuna's much better getting on base than Ozzy in terms of drawing walks, but they both have incredible speed. Um, and I just think that's such a great one-two combo. I was advocating for Sean Murphy moving up to the two spot, but unfortunately he got hurt in this series against the Rockies over the weekend. So he, he's apparently going to avoid the injured list, but that's why I kind of wanted to hit second. But I'm, I'm, go- I'm good with this Ozzy move right now, especially the way he's hitting. So, but I don't think I think you can do something similar potentially with Riley. Um, I just don't know who you move up there. I don't know if you want to move Darno there. Darno's look good as well. Um, or if you want to take a chance, and I'm not saying you put RC at three, but I don't, I don't know, man. I just feel like maybe Austin needs, to, you know, take the same route you uh, we took with Olson. We sort of move him down maybe in the middle of the order and just see how he does there for a, a week or two. Yeah, you could throw. Darno there. You could throw, you know, Rosario would be comfortable hit there for a little while. Rosario. While, while he's on fire yeah, like why not? this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not not a huge concern overall. The offense has just been... The offense is the least of your concerns right Dominating, now. yeah. And the, the pitching has been pretty mediocre the yes. last, I think, during this streak, really. But it really it has been, but it doesn't really seem to mattered. matter. The Braves, I think, are averaging, ever since that uh, Diamondback series, I think are averaging like seven runs a game. Something crazy. The Diamondback series, I think, was, what, two weeks ago? So, yeah, the offense is dialed in. And you just feel like, even when I was watching that game on Sunday, we were down 5 nothing. I was like, they can probably come back. It wasn't a, game, it wasn't a thing where I, like, I just turned it off, and I was like, oh, fuck this game. It's over. I was like, no, it's like the second inning, and the way they've been swinging the bat, it's like they're scoring 10 runs a game against Colorado. They'll probably do it again, and they did. Yep. And they kicked their ass. Sure so, enough. Yeah. NL East has been wild, man. It's um, we've won all these games in a row. The Phillies have like pretty much the Phillies and the Marlins are keeping pace with us at this point. Yeah, Phillies have won six in a row. Marlins have won five in a row. Marlins now sit at forty-two and thirty-one. Um, I remember Adam week after week. I've been saying the run differential for the Marlins sucks. They're like negative forty-five. Um, you know, then like a couple weeks later, they're like negative thirty, negative twenty. Now they're negative thirteen. So they're Starting to, even though you know the the record is eleven games over five hundred, I always just thought it was kind of bullshit because of the run differential. Like something was going to catch up with them, uh, streak was going to end, but they just continue to play really well. They're pitching really well. Luis Arias is doing great. Jorge Soler um, is terrifying right now with the way he's playing. He's already got twenty bombs, slugging percentage in the five hundreds. He's figured something out. He's finding that twenty twenty one World Series MVP form for the first time since then. Um, so. They look really good, and the Phillies have figured something out offensively. I actually watched a couple of their games last week when they were playing the Diamondbacks, and they were kind of doing this a similar thing to the Braves. They were getting down against Arizona, who we know has had a really good season this year, and they were coming back. Their offense has come to life. Um, Trey Turner's come back to life. Harper's playing well. Um, 
you know, it's a, a real Muto starting to get it going as well. So they are really figuring it out. Eight and two are their last ten, as we mentioned, winners of six in a row. Big series this week against the Phillies that starts uh, the day we're recording this, uh, June twentieth. So this is, um, and you know, we're going to Philadelphia. They've they've been great at home, uh, nineteen and eleven heading into into today. So. Um, and as we know, the Braves have done an excellent job on the road, 22-11. and 11, So it'll be a great series with two teams that are just on fire offensively. I expect um, a lot of offensive fireworks to continue, especially because the Phillies haven't been pitching great. We haven't been pitching great. But both our offenses, have, or both the offenses for these teams have just been unreal over the last uh, week and a half or so. So it's, it's going to be a really great series. Yeah, these Marlins are wild, man. They're, they're not going away. I think at the end of the day, I'm still – the Phillies scare me more than yeah, the Marlins, the, but the, the rep, the track record, exactly. Yeah. I mean, also just a lot bigger names, but you know, maybe if you just assemble a good clubhouse and they've got some good veterans down there around a bunch of young guys with good starting pitching, like you never, you never know. Yeah. But, um, and I, I feel like bringing in Luis Arias was a great move. I mean, he hasn't hit this well in his career before, but he's you know a three hundred career hitter from Minnesota. He was part of the Pablo Lopez trade, which brought in Arias and sent Lopez to uh, the Twins. He's already got 100 hits. And the majority of these hits, I think only 18 of them have been doubles or triples or home runs. But, I mean, the guy's like 3 for 3, 4 for 4 every game. He's getting on base at just a ridiculous clip. He's like in the 420s or something is on base percentage, maybe even more. He, uh, it's, it's just unbelievable how well he has been hitting the ball and getting on base and being just a source of production for this team i mean you look at only two home runs and you can scoff but i mean he's been a huge part of why they are where they are yeah i heard someone comparing him to like he's basically doing like tony gwynn stuff right now it is like tony gwynn or ichiro in his prime something like that he's hitting 400 right now adam 400 and we're at june 20th they're talking 450 about, on base percentage. I mean, that's just absurd. They were talking about it about the radio today, and I think Chernoff called him like that Luis guy down there in Miami, and they're like, come on, like it's it's June 20th that he's hitting 400. He can't even learn his name yet. Yeah, for real. Like, this, this is like give, some Ted Williams shit. Give the guy some respect. Yeah. Uh, no, and he was always a solid player in Minnesota, but yeah, he's just... He's a 327 career hitter coming into this, this year, so he's always been yeah. a really good hitter, but I don't know, he's really... He's been an elite hitter. Now he's like the best hitter in baseball, like pure hitter. Yeah. It's insane. You know, I'll still take Ronald Acuna at the top of the Well, yeah, he's right up over uh, that. You know, I guess because of all the singles, more, it doesn't equate to war as much. He's still a 3.1 war player. So What's Ronnie? Let's see what Acuna is. I'm going to say Acuna is 3.5. That's my guess. Give it to me, Graham. I'm very excited about this one. I rarely get excited about stats. 3.5, so I was right. Wow. Okay. So up there with Ronnie, though. Yeah. So obviously a good defender, too. I've not watched a lot of Marlins games this year. I did watch them play a little bit against Seattle last week, um, but I don't really have like as much. I didn't watch like full games. Like uh, Phillies were playing during the day a lot, so I was working. I just had them on the, in the background, and I'm scared. And then their offense is back. The Phillies are back, officially. Um, I was of the mind in April, or I think I was like, the Phillies are fucked. They're done. Like, put them in the trash bin the way they were playing but they're they are the opposite of the Mets the Mets continue to free fall you'll love it uh, in all respects they're rushing Pete Alonzo back from the injury list he wasn't supposed to come back till July now he's back 
like two and a half, three weeks before he was supposed to come back. So they are in full panic desperation mode right now. And uh, you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, it's you would think with us, the way we've been playing, we'd be 10 up in the division by now. So we can't get comfortable, that's no, for you sure. Cannot. You cannot. The Phillies um, are, are eight games back right now. Marlins are only four and a half. So it's like that's still... And even the Mets, even though it's, it's 12 games, there's a hell of a lot of baseball left to play. Um, so, but yeah, really, it's like Phillies and Marlins. Those eight games from from the Phillies could be significantly cut into if, if the Phillies are able to you know, sweep the Braves. I'm not saying they will, but I mean, they're playing great at home. It's going to, it's going to, this is a really big series because you have a chance, you know, if you take two or three from Philadelphia, they're down, uh, you know, 10 games and that's, and that's big. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, at least, yeah, definitely don't get swept. I don't see that happening. I think we've got Strider, Elder, Morton lined up. I don't think it's going to be Morton because he pitched Sunday. Probably Smith Schauber then. Probably Smith Schauber. But, you know, that, that leads us into our next topic of conversation. Pitching Graham. Adam, let's get into the negative. Uh, Spencer Strider, your boy. We kind of mentioned it briefly last week, but he's straight up struggling. It's been crazy. Yeah, it's been bad. His last, um, especially the start against Detroit, man. Like, that was just dog trash. And the In Braves, a doubleheader uh, where you need innings from a starter, too? Yeah. I mean, he does go five. But he gives up five earned runs, three homers, one of which he gave up to Miggy Cabrera, which if it had been 10 years ago, you know, no big deal. But that was the first home run of Miguel Cabrera's season so far. I mean, he's he's far from the player he was. Um, he's got like he had like zero home runs and like six RBIs and a horrible slugging percentage. But he looked like prime Miggy on that, that at bat. Strider was just throwing meatballs, man. It was like 96 over the middle of the plate. The velocity was down. The movement on the fastball wasn't good. The movement on the breaking pitch wasn't good. Um, didn't seem like he threw the changeup that much from what I could tell. And, uh, yeah, it was rough. I mean, it's been a really bad June for Strider. Nine ERA so far in the month of June and six home runs given up as well. And, um, he's not striking out as much people, as many people either. Um, you know, only six strikeouts against Detroit and not a very good offense on paper. So everything I'm hearing about it, the Braves aren't, showing any sort of injury concern they're not skipping him at all and from everything i'm hearing it's like a lot of it's mechanically based and strider has been saying it's like mechanics are just out of whack so like you know graham i don't know if you know this about pitching but you don't just use your arm to throw unbelievable there's a lot of uh, moving pieces that have to be synced up the bot especially your lower body man and like with strider you know he's he's gonna have to learn how to pitch this in the long run could be good for him like Last like at ninety nine, you can get away with just throwing a fastball down the middle, anytime yeah. you need to get back into a account. But at ninety six, not the same thing. Not the same thing, and also like there's a difference between his fastball over the last, I would say like month plus change, <clears throat> excuse me, plus change, and his fastball now. Even in the starts where he's been, you know, effective, like his last start um, of May against Philly, where he went six innings and struck out nine. It just doesn't seem like there's as much movement on that fastball. It just seems like it's just, even with the velocity dip, it's just like really just, it's just a straight line. Whereas he used to be, I had this like little snap movement on it that would sort of dart a little bit to the left or the right. Um, and it wasn't like the most movement you ever seen on a fastball or anything, but it was enough. And with the velocity, it just, you know, people just couldn't catch up to it. 
Um, but now it's just, man, that thing's just sitting there and people are teeing off on them. And I think one thing we also got to keep in mind is, yes, yeah, there's probably something going on mechanically. Maybe there's something going on mentally, et cetera. But we also have to keep in mind that Spencer Strider took the world by storm last year. He was the, he had the fastest strikeout rate and like, he struck out the most people and like, I can't remember, I don't know what the stat was, but his strikeout rate was basically it's like the fastest, the to fastest, in, in, yeah, fastest 200 strikeouts in Major League Baseball history in the history of Major League Baseball. So he just came out and just dominated everybody. So he was bound to have some struggles, some adversity to not dominate every start and that he was going to have to learn how to become better when people actually had a scouting report and had to tape on them and everything, you know? So this was going to happen at some point. It does not mean that Spencer Strider is screwed. It doesn't mean he's not the ace of the staff. Um, I'm not going to panic over it at all, but it is worth mentioning that, hey, the struggles are here right now. Let's see how he responds. Yeah, and that's going to be – I think he's pitching at night. I mean, that's going to be a big start, you know. Philadelphia, that crowd's going to be going crazy. Last yeah. time he pitched in Philadelphia. Destroyed. Destroyed in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, national TV game. So let, let's see how he responds. Maybe, maybe this is kind of – you know, you go to Detroit. It's a day game. It's kind of just a sleepy atmosphere. You think you can kind of cruise. So, I mean, this is put up or shut up time now. So hopefully he's – made some adjustments and can kind of give us what we're used to seeing out of him, you know, cause like, I mean, this, the bullpen, there's some arms throwing well right now, but it's, it's still, it's been a little shaky recently. Yeah. And the good news is that like key pieces in the bullpen got to take some time off. Iglesias pitched the game on Sunday. We hadn't pitched in like four or five days before that. So, you know, there's a off day yesterday. I mean, just some, everybody po- should be well rested. Yeah. Just some positives that we've seen out of, um, you know, Michael Tonkin had a great like three inning um, outing again, where he kind of looked like the guy we saw earlier in the season. Ben Heller, this is a guy we traded for from the Rays mm-hmm. that came up when I can't remember who we lost out of the bullpen, but someone went down and Heller came up and one of those, who the hell is this guy? Pitch great, and he has been unbelievable yeah. through. I think he's just got two outings now. He's mm-hmm. got eight Ks already. Just like the stuff is electric. 96, 97 locates well. A lot of movement. Like this could be a classic Anthopolis. Like you know, just hidden gem find. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a really athletic. Had a really good article about him about his, you know, kind of his journey to get back into baseball. He's been out since like twenty twenty. I think was the last time he pitched. All these reclamation projects. He's got a, he's got a really touching uh, story about his brother as well. Um, I won't go into it on the pod, but it's definitely worth the read and um, certainly makes you a guy to root for. Mm. So I mean, if he can be, you know, fill in for the sixth, seventh inning spot for a little while until we get some arms back, that's going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, Morton had a bad start on Sunday, but you know, I'm not going to be. A, I'm not going to get overly concerned about Morton. Um, I will say, Graham, it, like Sunday start, he was kind of falling into some of the habits from last year. Yeah. You, you know, the walks have been up the last three starts. Yeah. Uh, three, three, and four, respectively. He was hitting some guys again. It was that breaking pitch, man. Yeah. It was like what he used to do last year. He could just throw that breaking pitch and hit somebody on the foot. It wasn't the same exact result, but it reminded me of it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he still gutted it through five, which is good, but. But, yeah, five runs through five innings is not what you're looking for. No, not ideal. But in, in that, in a 
if your team can put up 14. It doesn't matter, I guess, but yeah. Um, I think Elder had a good start his last time out, which is nice. Um, it's good to see him get back to um, what he's used to doing. You know, forced a lot of uh, ground balls, weak contact, balls into the ground. You know, the ratio ground ball to fly ball was seen way more balanced in his last start. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the rotation is what it is right now. It's a little up and down. The bullpen is what it is right now. So, again, I think um, lost in the hype of all this incredible offense still comes back to the pitching staff. You know, who is going to be able to hold up? Ken Smith, Shaver, um, you know, Schuster, Dodd. Can those guys contribute in a way where they don't have to be superstars, but they put up respectable starts? Dodd is really bad. I know, <laughs> but it's like Col- Colby Allard. He he uh, he's making a rehab appearance in AAA. Yeah. I'd like to see him or Soroka again over Dodd at this point. Like I think Schuster has solidified that. Hey, I can give you five okay innings. Keep this offense in the game. Yeah, like Dodd has just been. He's yeah, it hasn't been good. He shouldn't be back up. He shouldn't be the next call. I mean, hell, I, I say go to Colby Allard. Like once he gets another. I don't two. like Allard, man. He, but he's a guy with experience. Yeah, but his stuff is just weak sauce to well, me. Yeah, I mean, so a, a lot it's just of, a lot of just loopy pitches. He has no velocity. They're all the pitches come out like the same arm slot. Just from what I remember when he was on the Braves, I haven't seen him pitch since he was here. But yeah, I but was he, like, he, he's gone and pitched like six years in the majors since he was here. Well, I don't know if it's been six. Has it been six? Like, I mean, it's been at least four. Has it been that long? Yes, it since has. Colby Allard was here. I I'm think gonna, we traded I'm, him in 2019. I'm going to check your uh, your shit there, my bro. Oh, you man. Okay. Fair enough. So how you want to give the answer there? Yes, we. You know, he was. He only played in like four games, or excuse me, three games in 2018, and then he's with the Rangers, yeah. and he sucked ass. Uh, he's been terrible ever since he left. He hasn't had an ERA below four nine five we're not looking for a top of the line pitcher yeah you want a guy just someone up. better than dylan dodd well, is I'm he better saying. than dylan dodd so last year he had a 729 era and the year he actually started a bunch of games 541 era and it was it was terrible i think he's better than dodd um i don't know i'm not you know maybe he's figured something Throw him out in maybe front he of the braves defense versus texas bring him back home i bet we shave a run off that i don't know we'll see but can he throw yeah, strikes? I, Can he not walk people? That's, I would rather see I Soroka, and I don't know how he's done since he's gone back. He's to had a couple out. good starts. Okay? Six innings, one run or less. I would rather see Soroka. I agree than than Dodd because, um, but it's still you wonder how effective Soroka will be if he's ready, et cetera, et cetera. But I would rather see him because yeah, Dodd's just been getting shelled. I want them to be damn sure about Soroka this time, like. Well, maybe that's why he's not up yet. Yeah, or like maybe Soroka. Like Soroka needs to get that like just bulldog confidence back, that which is going to be hard. like guys. That's I'm gonna, I'm here. That's going to be hard to do though. You think I'm not better than Dylan Dodd? Well, maybe it's motivation motivation then, but it's going to be hard to rebuild that confidence after all the time, yeah. the rehab, so give him the time, and the anguish. Give me some Colby Allard in the meantime. Ugh. It's not good, but either way, you know we need those whoever it is right to tread water. Until Freed and Wright can return, and also, uh, I still, still am a huge advocate of making a move for a, a 
people in the rotation, people in the bullpen. We need to solidify that shit. We have no idea. Yeah, I like good players on my team too, Graham. Yeah, but we, but again, right? We have questions with Strider. We have questions with Shaver in terms of his endurance, um, Schuster, endurance, and he's just like an okay pitcher. We know that Dodd is not good. We and we have all these questions about Soroka. You have wait, and then you have no idea what Wright and Freed are going to be like when they come back. You got to get someone else who can help out this rotation. Yeah. Wait, wait for the market to develop. Yeah. We're 20 games over 500. I don't think we need to be uh, no, it's not, it's not a rush. market. It's not a rush thing, and you know someone can emerge here. Smith Shaver has been very solid since he's come up here. I just think just solidify it. It solidify is wild. It. I'm looking at our run differential right now. Plus We're 100. Plus 100 yeah. to the Marlins, minus 13. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, Graham, yeah. what, what do you think about your boy Charlie Culberson? Did you hear about that story? Yeah, he's been DFA'd. The the bigger story was that the day he was DFA'd was Father's Day this past Sunday, and Culberson's dad was scheduled to throw out the first pitch on Father's <laughs> to Day. To Culberson, I would assume. Yes. So they switched it up and put Michael Harris's dad in there. And that worked out since he went five for five. Yeah. So. <laughs> but like, like the national media is... Like making a story about it of like, oh man, the Braves, what jerks, blah blah blah. It's like, hey, we would. You want us to not have a backup catcher? This was like the day after Sean Murphy, Sean got, Murphy hurt. got hurt, and we had to call up um, Chadwick Trump. Trump, exactly. Who's like a good AAA guy to have he's around? Solid, and he yeah. and he hits when he's up here. Yeah, <laughs> like when Darno went down. I remember I was watching this game. I think it was against the Dodgers, but man, he was just like coming up with solid base hits and shit. And I was like, he's not a great player, but he's a he is a ballsy little backup catcher or a big backup catcher that, you know, just plays solid defense and come up with a timely hit. He's not going to blow you away, but he's perfectly, perfectly acceptable backup catcher. Yeah. So, so. we needed Mr. Trump up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Culberson, I think he can handle it. Yeah. Fuck the national media. Like, you got to make I still a, wanna, you gotta that, make a baseball move. That's tough. He's been up for like three weeks and didn't see a single played. inning. No, it's just the nature of the business. Like, I have no sympathy for anybody in this situation. I'm curious if we made a move today. I haven't checked, but, like, we don't have a backup infielder right now. Correct. I remember some people were talking about, well, maybe Eddie Rosario can play something. I was like, well. No, like, the plan is it would be Austin would move to shortstop. Holy shit. Like, yeah, it'd be a disaster. One I- of our outfielders can play first. Darno can play first base. Yeah, it'd be bad. <laughs> well, here's my question. Why not send Hilliard down if he has options? Yeah, he hasn't get, played in a while. Yeah, and then get a backup infielder. Bring Shoemaker up. Yeah, bring, bring Shoemaker or someone else. Yeah, I mean, there, any anytime somebody besides Rosario plays left field, it's been Pilar recently. So, right. so yeah, you want to keep Pilar. I mean, I'm, Hilliard, I, Hilliard's just the odd man out. He is, unfortunately. I agree, he, he, He's been a contributor, but yeah, he's the odd man out. Pilar, I'm just amazed at how solid he is um, and how consistent he's been when he has gotten an opportunity. I mean, like, remember that game we went to against Baltimore? He just comes off the bench. It's pinch hit home run. He's come up big, and, and when he's pinch hit, he's, he's come up big when he started. Again, he's not like the world's greatest player, but he fills in very, very nicely when you need him. You know, I'm not looking at his stat line, but I feel like anytime he starts, you know, it's always against a lefty, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, and um, I bet he hasn't had an O four in like in a start in a month. Wow, it's not like he starts every day either. So you could be, you could be right. 
I don't know if you're looking that up for I'm going to look that up. I'm going to check you. <laughs> it's probably his last game. No, because he started the one game. No, you're, you're right. He has an 0-1 since uh, May 4th, unless I'm looking at things. Look at that. Totally wrong. Yeah. So matchups. Matchups are a thing. As much as you like to think. Oh, actually, never mind. He had an 0 for on uh, Wednesday against Detroit. Damn it. That's a double He's still got a run and an RBI. <clears throat> yeah, so. there you go. He contributes. Yeah, I mean, he's still... You know, hitting 271. He's a 520 slugging, just inflated by, you know, the six home runs he's gotten and very limited plate appearances. So, um, not a great on base guy, but, you know, he's a he's a solid little player. He plays good D and uh, contributes offensively. So, all I want to do to round this team out, Graham, let's call up the Giants. Get Jock back. Jock and Luke Jackson. One trade. Me, Jack, Luke Jackson. No, they're not going to do that, Adam, because you know why? The Gi- the Giants swept the Dodgers over the weekend. The Giants are actually in second place in the NL West. They ain't giving anybody up. Arizona's going to run away with it. I don't know, man. Yeah, the Giants have won 40 and, 40 and 32. They're pretty they've good. They've won eight games in a row. They're they're picking it up at the right time. They have the best run differential in the NL West. And um, the Dodgers look quite vulnerable i would say right now which is uh i know their bullpen has been horrific their bullpen's awful the rotation is decimated to a degree um you know the only guy that you really are scared of there is gonsolin and he's not like overwhelmingly amazing despite his sub two era so it's like man i love seeing the dodgers kind of uh kind of scuffle a little bit who wouldn't obviously kershaw has had a great season but other than that it's like kershaw and gonsolin you know, the rest of their rotation. Urias isn't the same. Syndergaard is like a walking corpse. So I, I'm I'm not super concerned with with the Dodgers at the moment, but I'm not going to forget about them, obviously, given the pedigree of that team. Um, I mean, all it takes is one good week to get back in it. That's true. That's exactly what the Giants have done, winners of eight in a row. They were 32-32 and 32 kind of, you know, treading we were, water. So you're saying we were this close to Luke Jackson if they had gone and the Jack other Daddy, way. probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love, like, looking at the standings, all these darlings of the offseason, like the Padres sitting eight and a half games back. The Mets. The Cardinals eight back. The Mets Yeah, I remember the Cardinals back. got, like, the Nobel Peace Prize for signing uh, Wilson Contreras. He hasn't done anything. Cubs. Cubs are only that, – that NL Central is just terrible, though. It's, it's a really bad division. Cubs are 34-38, but only three and a half back. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really bad division. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we're we're nearing the All Star break, Graham. Um, Braves still have three guys leading their prospective uh, positions, and Acuna, Arcia, and Murphy. Yep. Vote for your boys if you haven't. Not that it matters, but it's uh, good for them. It is. I I do hope that freaking speaking of injury, this was the injury I was thinking of. Heller came up because of Chavez. Chavez got hurt. Yes. Um, Chavez and is like 1.8 ERA. And I think he had a legitimate chance and maybe still does to be an all-star. Like nothing was broken and like he could just be out, you know, the 10 or 15 days. Yeah. But I, I hope this doesn't derail him because he has just been so ridiculously good. It's crazy at 39. Yeah. No, he's he's fine. I think he'll be fine. He'll be back. It's probably good in the long run. I hate to say that, but it's probably a good thing that he's able to take some time off, preserve that body. There's other parts of his body that need to be preserved, his arm, and, uh, and you know, take a little 
take a little load off for a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. We can survive without Jesse for, for that amount of time. We do need him back. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not understating that it's not great having him, but it's, uh, it's not the end of the world. I thought he was going to, I thought it was going to be like a Charlie Morton thing when I saw him get hit. Um, you know, just the way he crumpled to the ground and then had to be carried off, literally had to be carried off by the trainer and someone else from the bench. Uh, it did not look good, but it seems like he's going to be okay. Takes take a couple weeks off, do some rehab, and hopefully he'll be back All Star break or thereafter. I don't know. Yeah, his next two series will be interesting though. Philly, very hot. Cincinnati's very hot. Have you watched? Um, those are the next two uh, series, next six games. Have you watched this guy, this Eddie De La Cruz character, the rookie? Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched him. I only know about him because of fantasy baseball. Yeah, he's uh, or Ellie De La Cruz, excuse me. He's just like the fast. He might be the fastest baseball player I've ever seen. He beat out a, a play, a ground out to first base that was uh, yeah. The first base had to like sort of slide to catch it, but nine point nine times out of ten, even on a fast runner, like it would be fine. But he somehow beat the first baseman and i was just like how fast is this guy he's not, he's not having like the most amazing season or anything he's only you know 270 hitters only hit one homer but um you know he's also only played in 12 games so far so he's going to be a guy to watch out for um in the series coming up because he is uh, pretty exciting so far for the reds and uh, as mentioned the reds are playing a lot better i think they've won five or six games in a row so um and they just got joey Votto back who may be a shell of himself, but, you know, still a future Hall of Famer probably. And uh, he went yard in his first game back for the Reds. So that'll be a fun series. Philly's, Philly's series will be fun. And, um, yeah, so this week with the Braves should be of great interest to watch, I would say, yep. for, for different reasons. You know, Colorado was just sort of fun. Now it's kind of getting serious. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, this Philly series especially, but yeah, like you said, I mean, those Reds are not the Reds we're used to. They've got a lot of good young players on their team. Even though we're just shitting all over that division, but, but yeah. still, but I still. mean, they're they're they've been hot. Nine games in a row, nine game winning streak. Yeah. I'm looking so. at my boy. This is one we let get away. Lucas Sims. He'd be a nice piece on our bullpen right now. Is he doing good? Yeah, I mean, he's been like a you know top probably thirty reliever the last like three years or so. Jesus. 270 ERA, 32 Ks. I mean, you just never know if a guy's going to pan out. Same thing with Gossman, you know. Yeah. Well, but I'm just thinking in terms of like these young prospects, like we tried them out as starters and it doesn't work. Yeah. But you never know when a guy's just going to click in the bullpen. And that's been Sims. Like that's just his spot. So mm-hmm. he's, he's been a staple in that Reds bullpen. And I'm sure we'll, we'll see him a couple times Definitely. this upcoming weekend. Um, I think that's it for the Braves. Nothing going on with the Hawks. The only like real Falcons news I have is there's some Netflix documentary that's coming out in July that stars Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota chronicling their season last year. I think that's really funny. It's like you got like the best quarterback in the NFL right now, and av- you know, I would say above average quarterback in Kirk Cousins. He's okay. You know, he's solid, and then you know the lower rung of NFL starting quarterbacks last season. Yeah, they must have been like just really desperate. A bunch of key teams wouldn't let them have access or something like that. I have no idea how Mariota ended up in that. I did watch the 
trailer for it the other day and there was a segment where Mariota's talking about how like he's always been the guy that wants the ball in his hands and that's gotten him in trouble some in the past and then they show the Thursday night play where he's falling on his back and yeah. still throwing it up mm-hmm. in the air so I'll be curious to see if like it actually addresses his leaving the team or anything like that I'll watch it just because I, I want some like you know I love getting inside of a locker room yeah for your team seeing some of the other players in there as well i'd like to see also if you had any interactions with desmond ritter you know which i'm sure obviously he did but like was there was there an undercurrent there because i remember everybody saying he was being such a good teammate and you know especially in training camp and stuff like that and then for him to leave the team when he when he uh electing to get the surgery he doesn't need to get just because he got benched I mean, he did need to get it eventually, but he didn't need to get it like right now. Yeah. Um, to leave the team in the middle of the season, was there something going on with Ritter? I don't know. Or was it just like, I, you know, fuck that. I lost my job. Like, fuck this team. Um, I'm interested to see that. I want to I know some more about Desmond Ritter. He's got to be at least in the show to a degree because, you know, they got to be in the quarterback's room and all that stuff. You would so, think so. But yeah. I mean, I think we're also picturing like a hard knock scenario, and this one seems to just focus on these guys. Like, life outside of football as well so boring exactly who knows yeah it'll probably be one of those things you start watching then 20 minutes into it you just start skipping around all those sports documentaries on netflix are generally pretty damn good though. they are good the uh aaron hernandez one i like had to take a second after that i was like man that was uh yeah whoa but yeah they did another good one the uh the malice in the palace is also a really good one but they did the uh, the big basketball fight with the pacers and the in the uh, Pistons. So, yeah, definitely check it out. But that's the only other thing I really got. Falcons signed a kicker to a three-year deal. What? Punter? Nope. Another kicker? Yep. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Who the hell? Uh, some dude who was like the kicker for the Vikings, some young guy. So <laughs> this th- makes no sense. The thought is. You giving up on coup? No. The thought is you bring him in for like some kickoffs. To kind of like save Ku's leg and just to develop a guy on the practice squad. So like saying it's a three-year contract, it's a little strange. It's strange. But maybe they like him and they just want to save Ku's leg in the preseason. He's only 28. Come on. like this is, this is ridiculous. I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. I don't think you need to get worked up about this one, Graham. Three-year, $30 million contract. Th- that was one of those ones kicker. I saw it. I was like, wait, no, we just signed Ku to a big contract. That makes no sense. The guy's a stud. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Sorry, Graham. Yeah, I guess, I guess that helps on kickoffs, but I don't really ah, just, just get the punter to do that. Like, whatever. Yeah, that's silly. We'll have two active kickers. Don't that worry. is so dumb. Who, who does? No one in else in the NFL does that. Or may, maybe it just doesn't make headlines. Like you always have another kicker in preseason, generally. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully he's just on the practice squad. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, uh, like, if he's going to be like on the active roster. Oh, no, he's not roster. taking a roster spot. Okay, I was like, this is just dumb as hell. No, no. We're fine. Be like having like four quarterbacks or something. Yep. Um, okay. I guess that's it for this week. Hope you all are doing well out there. We'll see you next time. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.